and welcome to another episode of What's New Barkeep. I'm Dane. I'm Luke. And today I'm here to tell you you're late for tea. Because we have the Mad Hatter drink. We got the Mad Hatter drink today. That is our first one for the day, though. Don't worry. There's something I've really been wanting to say. We'll get into it after the drink, though. All right, let's... To make your own Mad Hatter, you are going to need equal parts. Vodka, peach schnapps, lemonade, and cola. Smells really good. Yep, keep in mind, this is meant to be taken as a shot. Yeah. Granted, I'm not going to stop you from making this as a drink, depending on how this tastes, but... Well, let's try it. Three, two, one. Oh, that's good. Oh, that is really good. That's interesting. It, it, you can definitely taste the peach. Mm-hmm. And then you get a little bit of that, that carbonation from the cola. Yeah, it's like the peach and the lemon are like a very face-forward alcohol in there. The upside is it's also not that bad of a shot to take because it's literally only half an ounce total of alcohol. Yeah, it's not bad at all. It's something that you could very easily just have like one or two of and then you're pretty good. All right, so let's get your hype out of the way. <laughs> oh, yes. I have been keeping silent about it, but it's been getting worse to keep silent about it. But anyone who saw the news on October 5th, you all know it's coming. Sora is coming to Smash, one of my favorite characters. He's in my Switch right now. I just can't access him. But he will be here in literally like three days. Yep, so the result is probably going to be a giant swinging boat hitting everybody on the screen. <laughs> you mean Keyblade, sir? Nope, I mean the thing that in Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> oh, no. Either way. Yep. <laughs> I think we should probably get into our topic before I go crazy. What's our first topic here, Dane? Well, because we just did Mad Hatter, I figured... What would be a better way for that than to go with some non-horror IPs that you could turn feasibly into horror? Some of them we might be stretching for, some of them not so much. I feel like we have to do a couple of obvious rules. One of them is obviously no stealing from already horror IP. Yeah, <laughs> from an already horror. And I feel like if it's like, say, from Marvel or DC or things that have already have taken that route, I feel like it's not really necessary cheating a little bit just a wee bit so because i have seen screen art for this everywhere winnie the pooh winnie the pooh i've seen yeah because it would be real easy just for it to be i'm trying to remember what that game was called but it was basically all of your delusions in your brain are trying to kill you it'd be almost like a chucky situation but with (laughs) with with stuffed bears stuffed bears with eeyore with Piglet with all the, everyone that remembers, but in a very demonic kind of thing, or very uncanny valley to just... I could definitely see it. Yep, you? Uh, me. Well, I think another one, taking a little bit of a thing for you, another one that I've seen happen, The Wizard of Oz. If you look at the second movie, holy bejeebas, that has got some scary imagery. The first one can have it, too, but it's like, I've seen some where the Tin Man was actually like, I want a heart. Oh, hey, there's a heart. Yep. <laughs> Dory, give me your heart. <laughs> kind of a, kind of almost like a FNAF situation. Kind of in a sense, you know, it's just like, mm, just take the heart from Dory. <laughs> I mean, I could see from Dorothy. Yes, from Dorothy. Dory is a little different. Yeah, Dory is a little different. I mean, Dorothy, and then a scarecrow that wants a brain. Yep, and then... Oh, God, Lion would get balls. 
Yes. But there's no balls around. Mm, technically. I mean, the man behind, you know, what's his name? The man behind the, uh... The man behind the curtain? Thank you. My brain was doing a blank there. Yeah, no, I think the Wizard of Oz would be very easy to turn into a whore. I mean, it got a lot of scary imagery for it. Oh, God. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Here's one that would necessarily be a horror movie in a sense, but I can also see that as Christian propaganda. The lion, the witch, and the audacity of this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> or the actual name, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Because it's all, because what was it? Aslan is basically already an allegory for Jesus. In a sense, yes. So could you imagine that as like written down as like horror Christian propaganda? <laughs> when he rises. Mm-hmm. It's zomboid instead. Or literally anyone who's done any kind of naughty thing gets killed because he didn't follow our Lord and Savior Jesus. No. That's that's getting a little... Uh, we're getting a little... Uh, yeah, we're getting a little pushy there. I mean, it is Christian propaganda. Sure. <laughs> and let's be honest here. They ha- Christian propaganda isn't exactly subtle. Sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll stick with that. <laughs> All right, you got one? I need a little bit. You got another one? I do. This one actually wouldn't take that much tweaking. Kenny Phantom. No, no, it, it really would not take that much. No, because you, all you gotta do is lose the colorful facade, get rid of, you know, a lot of the kid-friendlier stuff, and just increase the realism. Yeah, just imagine a kid that could literally turn into a spirit. Yep, and the spirits are actually alive, and his parents actually taking incentive to try to kill him. More than just that, even though he's trying to actually fight off the bad spirits. Yep, but his parents basically are don't understand. Because I'm a teen. Wait, that's Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Which on the cut of that one, I got another one that would also be not that hard to tweak as well. Ben 10. No, Ben 10 would not be difficult at all. I mean, you got 10 aliens right there and a whole entire dictionary right on his wrist. Well, it's also the fact that even in the actual series, I didn't watch a whole lot of Ben 10, but I at least have seen some. Even like one of the main enemies may as well be a callback to Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah, that would be Ilgax, I believe they call Something him. Something like that, yeah, because, like I said, he looks like Cthulhu if he was more humanoid. Yeah. Now, if you were to actually take that further and just make him a monstrosity... You could turn this into like a kaiju horror or hell, just go straight up Eldritch and have his brain go insane. <laughs> go Eldritch horror. Okay, I do have one then. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, thankfully Danny Phantom actually gave me the, the inspiration. Yeah. SpongeBob. Oh! <laughs> yeah, radioactive wasteland, anyone? Yeah, because I know that there's a theory that Bikini Bottom is the drop site for i don't know how many nuclear tests yeah it's uh that's the theory at least is that that was a nuclear test site and it explains why everything can talk yep something that's supposed to be completely non-moving non really sapient has sentience (laughs) yep i could easily see it because i don't know how long fallout lasts in water it's a while i mean i can imagine like any other normal looking fish just go into that zone and Dying. Yep, keeling over and just having it be like a... There's a reason why we don't see a whole lot of places outside of Bikini Bottom. I mean, there's a couple. But but not a whole lot, because there's the beach... What's it called? That that deep area. Yeah, that 
yeah, I forget what the heck it's called. It's like something bottom or something. Yep. Rock bottom, maybe? I don't know. Something like that. But yeah, that's like, that's where the real creepy stuff. Which makes you think, does that mean that uh, Hoff got radiation poisoning in the movie? Maybe. It's possible. I mean, he swam through the area, but I don't know if he didn't actually dive down to Bikini Bottom. No, but he also had the characters riding on his back, though. That is true. We don't know, though, if they're radioactive. But, I mean, SpongeBob soaks up everything. Yeah, it would make sense that you'll probably have at least some active radiation. Yeah, but I guess the question at that point is, considering how small they're supposed to be, would it be enough? David Hasselhoff, get at us. (laughs) (laughs) Another one that could also... Ooh, that'd actually be kind of a fun crossover. Because I'm looking at some of the art on the wall. What if it was a Mega Man Samus alien crossover? Oh. Or just a Samus alien crossover. Because Metroid already has a lot of creepy-ish imagery, and, but it doesn't really go over the top. Not until Fusion and the next upcoming one, Dread. Well, I say upcoming, but it's out. Fusion is... I've played it. It's creepy, but I wouldn't call it horror, though. It is creepy. But I think Fusion is also the one that did what I think a tense atmosphere correctly. I mean, that's fair. You look at a lot of Nintendo games in general. They do really well in games that don't need a tense atmosphere, or they don't do enough for games that should. Yeah, and Fusion was one where they got it right. Yep, because Metroid 1, 2, and 1 and 2 were kind of very bright. Which, again, it was probably because of the system at the time, but... I was going to say, really, Metroid 2 was bright. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, comparatively... Metroid 2 was in black and white. Oh my god. (laughs) What was it, Super Metroid then? It was Super Metroid you're thinking of. You know what I meant, pedantic little... Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, uh, if I don't say something, someone else will. I mean, you got the premise of, like, every main... Like, the first couple mainline Samus games that weren't on mobile, and there was a lot on mobile, were kind of bright, but I think that's because of the system... What's what we're looking for? Limitations. In a sense. I mean, they actually showed that they could set up creepy atmosphere and all of that in Super Metroid. They just didn't. I mean, it makes sense because I think they did something for Super Castlevania that was very similar to it. Yeah, they did. But with that, I think we should probably get to our next. Yeah. So we'll be right back after this message. And we're back. We're back. Woo, we're back, and it's time for our next drink, which looks very pretty. Yes, it really does, until you get to a little glob. (laughs) Yeah, well, to make it sound pleasant for everyone, we'll just say it's cream. Yes, Irish cream to be specific. And we're talking about the Ghostbuster. (laughs) Copyright. Yep. Oh, duh. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> look at that. Yep, because I think... Look at mine. <laughs> Alright, so... How do you make a Ghostbuster, Dane? Well, to make a Ghostbuster, you need some peach snops, some melon liqueur, and three to five drops of Irish cream. This is a curdle drink, everybody. Yep, but the drops of the cream make it look like a ghost. Alright, three, two... two. One. Holy sugar. Whoa. I mean, I like the taste, but... But damn, that's a lot of sugar. 
Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I'm debating if I want to finish it or not, because this is like this giant glob at the bottom. Oh, yeah. That already upset my stomach a little bit. All right, well, that answers my question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's our topic here, Dane? Our next topic, well, to help you guys get into the spirit of things a little bit more, I know myself, I've been struggling to get into it. So we're going to go with some non-horror games to really help you get into the spirit, especially since a lot of MMOs have canceled their Halloween events this year. Did they? Especially last year, too. Why? COVID. But there's, there's all I online, know. but what? I know. That makes no sense. I think it's the developer side. Uh, I suppose it makes sense. Anyway, so I got a couple of games at the top of my head that I can think of. I've got I got a few. Mm-hmm. One of the games that is pretty obvious, I'm going to go with Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yep, that, that's a classic right there. Oh, it really is. It came out for what, with the PS1, I believe? Yep, PS1. If you want to look at best Castlevania games, this one is going to be on the top almost every time. For good reason. It's a very fun game. Yeah, it's, uh, it's what started... What they call Metroidvania. I think Castlevania already had things like that, but it never was labeled until then. Yeah, no, it's it's Symphony of the Night that gave it the name. Yep. So it really creepy imagery. It's got really good boss battles, but it's not going to try to shake you and go boo like some video games do. <laughs> like some. Like a lot of horror games that rely on jump scares, which mm. we are not putting on this list. No. <laughs> No, it's like some people like jump scares, we're people that don't. No, no we don't. When it comes to horror games, I'm kind of iffy to begin with. Anyway, Dan, you got one? Yeah, I do have one, actually. And this one comes out of left field. Alright. Because it's actually a game that I never heard of until very recently. Oh, for a second there, I thought you were dabbing. No. <laughs> Fortnite! <laughs> no, I'm sorry. My, uh, my stomach is acting up. But mm. It's a game called... Medieval. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. That was, also came out originally on PS1. I think so. But yeah, it's currently out for PlayStation 4 right now. Yeah, I've seen pictures, I've seen, you know, gameplay of it, and it looks pretty. Oh, it's very pretty, and if you play it, it's very classic Halloween-esque. Yep, it's very spooky. It's pretty easy to pick up, too, and it has an optional completion end to it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not... It's not going to hold your hand and be like, well, once you beat the game, you completed it, so... Yeah, no, it's like, it's very fun. It can take a little bit to get into, but it is very humorous as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I've been meaning to play it, but I never got around to doing it. Yeah, there's a... <laughs> it's currently on PS4, so... Another one that I'm going to go with... This one this kind of throws me in for left field, too, because I'm not very good when it comes to roguelikes. Rogue Legacy. Ooh. It's an indie game, and it's just what it sounds like. It's, an, it's a roguelike where you're just trying to get to the end boss on one run, but each time you die, you get more powerful. Of course, the rooms change and everything like that. Since I, you know, finished it, it's one of those games that you could easily do as well. So that's a positive. Because with a lot of roguelike games that I'm terrible at, I can't do it. I hate starting at the beginning every single time. I'm guessing you haven't played this? Oh, I have. Oh, what are your thoughts on it? It's one of those games where I find it's a really good time waster. It's definitely not something that can hold your attention for hours at a time. 
I can kind of see that. I mean, if I again, I finish it, so I think I got to like the second area. Yeah, that's when things get really annoying. It's definitely got spooky imagery, but it's still bright enough that you can actually see what the hell you're doing. I do have one as well. One that I just thought of. It's another, call it indie game, but it's not exactly very well known either. Okay. That's Legend of Grimrock. I think I've heard of that. Yeah, it's a dungeon crawler. Okay. You know, kind of think of it as not Pathfinder. Oh, I think Dungeons I know what dragons. I think I know what you're talking about. It's like what it's first person, and you can either the It's like the old I go north or I go east, like the old computer pad type. Kind of, but it it is actually visual based. It is. Yeah, I'm just thinking that the original ones were like either very primitive because I think it, you're talking about the new one, aren't you? Yeah, I am talking about the newer ones. Yeah, the newer ones are actually very well made. Yeah, but they kind of try to keep it that old style. Yeah, it is very much trying to stay in tune to the old style, but you can actually see where you're going. Although I will say, one critique I do have with it, if you aren't familiar with it, its magic system is utterly confusing. I can see that. I mean, to be fair, weren't I never actually played the early D&D system, but I think that was kind of similar. Uh, yeah, it was kind of the thing, because he had like this pad of like three by three runes, mm -hmm. and in order to do certain spells... You had to know certain combos to those runes. Mm. Okay. Makes sense? Question mark? Yeah, makes sense. Not really. Not when you're sitting there with something like approaching you. You're going, how do I cast something? <laughs> oh, that's right. You went with caster because that's your go-to. Yes. I am <laughs> typically the magic casters. All right. So I got one that I may be cheating on. Because I'm not sure if it technically falls under horror or not depending on what our requirements are. It's called Darkest Dungeon. Okay, that could be... I mean, it is very dark. It's very dark, it's very creepy, but yeah. I don't actually know if it has the horror trait to I it. I mean, it's got the imagery for it. It's got the It's got the Dark Souls difficulty on it once you get later into the game. <laughs> like, oh God. It's also got, like, management systems. It's one of those games that I feel falls under this list because it's not, again, trying to shake you and go boo. It will make you feel a bit unsettled, though. And it will make you super mad when you lose, like, your favorite character. And I just looked it up, and no, they just call it gothic. Okay, that's fair. I mean, gothic tends to lean itself towards horror, though, so that's why I was like... Yeah, but speaking of, this might also fall into the same gray area, like yours. In the same sense, I've looked it up, they also call it gothic, Vampire the Masquerade. You guys know what you're talking about from PC? Yeah, the one from PC and the one that's coming up. See here, if we're talking the original one, that's... Oof. Yeah, the graphics are so primitive that it's hard to say it's horror even. I mean, it's more stealth action, depending Some... on what class you're playing. Something like that. You could always bet I was a... <laughs> yeah. I, was... I was the blood mage. See, that's one of those things that I'm not going to call it horror, even though it could really lean itself towards horror. I'm pretty sure the new one is going to be pretty damn close. Yeah, because it's going to be based off the new system more than anything else, and yada, yada, yada. I haven't played it. I have. It is very fun, but I will warn you, it is also very, very broken in some areas. Oh, you mean the old one? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is. I actually had to stop playing because I got locked. Yeah, let me guess it was the boat. No. No. It was the sewer. You got locked in the sewer. It was like a mission after the boat. Like, I think a couple missions after the boat. 
Oh, yeah, because I remember getting stuck in the uh, boat. Like the guy you were supposed to talk to and... No, it wasn't because of the guy I was supposed to talk to. It's because they want you to go up and look into the coffin Mm. without getting spotted or killing anybody. But my guys kind of glitched and they all just stood right in front of it. Of course. So the spot to trigger it, I couldn't get to without getting spotted. Yeah, no, like I, I literally got locked in general because of mechanics. All right. I don't know how I forgot this one. This is after a break, if you can't guess. Costume Quest. I have never heard of Costume Quest. This game literally happens on Halloween. Oh. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, it was made by, I think it was Double Fine. Which, if you don't know Double Fine, they did Psychonauts. I do know of Psychonauts. They did, uh, what was it, that one video game with Jack Black. Oh, uh, Brutal Legend? Brutal Legend. They've done a few... I think they did a remake of Monkey Island, don't quote me on that. But either way, it is literally a game that happens on Halloween, and it is based on costumes. So whatever powers you have are based on your costume. (laughs) Your little kids going up against these little goblins and trying to, I think, I can't remember the plot anymore, it's been so long. It's literally an RPG, and your powers shift with each costume. You can make new costumes, and you can upgrade costumes. It is very, very family-friendly it is very cute. It's, it's very cute. Well, there you go. If you want to get your kids into the spirit of rotting their teeth out with candy. Yeah, I think that's actually one of the premises that you're trying to get all the candy back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that make them really want to rot out their teeth. Yeah, it's very, very fun game. And the only reason why I stopped doing it is because I think, this is one thing I hate to say about this game, the combat, tedious as all hell. Like, even for an RPG, it is bad. Again, it's, they got so much mixing and matching, and it's fun, but it's so tedious. Okay, you know, like in the old RPG styles, you only have like maybe three actions you're going to do over and over again? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, if you're a fighter, attack! You're a mage, fireball. Uh, oh, what's that? It's a boss? Use the special ability. Again, it's a fun game. The story is absolutely cute and adorable and hilarious. It's double fine, mind you, so it has to be. Also, another game that... Speaking of Double Fine, we should at least give some credit to Psychonauts. Yeah. That one also should be on the list, because that is also a very creepy game. That isn't shakes you and go boo. I haven't played all that much of Psychonauts, but from what I have, it's pretty damn good at setting the mood. I mean, it's such a good game, but the ending, my god, the end area was a bastard and a half. Because literally everything else, like, gameplay-wise, mechanic-wise, scaled pretty well. If anything, it scaled pretty loosely. Once you actually got to the end one, though, it literally just ramped. Like, it went from about, oh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Imagine you're using a skateboard, right? Now, if you're going up a ramp, like, say, at a skate park, that's about what the curve was. Like, it was enough that you could actually succeed with momentum. The end one was basically going up a cliff. No. (laughs) Oh, no. Like, a lot of people stopped there because it was that bad. That bad of a jump? It was that bad of a, yeah, that bad of a difficulty jump. Wow. I barely beat it, but that's because I looked at a speedrunner by accident. Like, wait, I can do that? Ding, ding, huh. Well, with that, I think we're just about out of time. Yep. I've been Luke. I've been Dane. Enjoy your drinks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.